You don't need an advanced degree to read a picture book. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. John's revelation wasn't given to theologians. It's a book for us lowly servants. The learned priests and scribes knew Jesus only as defeated, hanging on a tree, accursed. Jesus as he is now, who rules in glory, the victorious King of Kings who is coming in the clouds, he is only revealed to dummies like you and me. And he gave us lots of big pictures. Here's Jim. The hero of the book of Revelation is Jesus Christ. It's the revelation or the disclosure of Jesus. And we get to see him in action. And for a few minutes tonight, I, I want to I illustrate that for you quickly. In the first three chapters, Jesus appears to John, and he appears as, as the Lord of the churches. That's what chapter 1 begins. John hears a voice, he turns, and he sees this this one that he recognizes immediately. Look at, look at verse 12, chapter 1, verse 12. I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. When I turned, I saw seven gold lampstands, and among the lampstands was one like the Son of Man, dressed in a long robe with a gold sash wrapped around his chest. It goes on to describe the person of Jesus. That's what you would see if you saw Jesus tonight. And you'll note he's standing in the midst of his churches. And he tells John, I want to dictate a letter to seven of my churches. And there they are. You write them down, John, and you send them. Each of them begins with this kind of introduction, chapter 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven gold lampstands says, I know your works. I'm in the middle of your muddle. To the angel of the church of Polaris, Jesus says tonight, I know everything that's going on in that church of Polaris. And wherever you're worshiping, Jesus says, I know everything that's going on in your church. If only two or three are gathered together, he said, I'll be there in the midst. Think of that. Only two or three. Well, most of us come from congregations of several dozens or several hundreds. In some cases, perhaps several thousands. But there's nothing mysterious going on in your church that Jesus doesn't know about. I know everything that's going on there. He's in the midst of the churches. Same thing when he, writes, when he writes to Smyrna, to the angel of the church in Smyrna, right? The first and the last, the one who was dead and came to life says, I know your tribulation. Seven times Jesus introduces himself personally to a local church. And he said, I'm not set up on a throne someplace, distant, immune, unconcerned. I am in the middle of your muddle. I know everybody who's there. I know what they're really like. I know what's really going on. I'm there, and I'm concerned. Seven times. It's a magnificent picture of the incredible Jesus as the Lord 
of the church. I shouldn't say the church. He keeps saying the church is. It's interesting in the book of the Revelation, as a matter of fact, in the whole book of the Bible, there is no one church on earth. There are local churches. Now, there is one universal body of Christ. That's true. But most of the people in that universal body of Christ are in heaven tonight. They finished their pilgrimage here. And we are connected to them. We are one with them because there's only one body, one church. We're connected with them. But when the, when the Bible speaks about church, the Bible talks about local churches, your church, this church. And Jesus presents himself as involved, interested, in the middle of, concerned about everything that touches their church. And you'll notice that every, every time he introduces himself to them, he says to the angel, I wasn't always persuaded of this, but I'm persuaded now that he's talking about an angel angel. That there is a, an assigned angel who is charged by Jesus Christ with the oversight and administration, protection, etc., of the Polaris Grace Church, and your church, and your church, your church, your church, wherever you are, whatever church you're attending, whatever body you're part of, there's an angel there. Because the things going on in your church are vitally important to Jesus. That's the first picture we have. I like that picture. Do you like that picture? Do you like that picture? Yes. <laughs> Hang on. We quickly shift gears at chapter 4, and we have another picture of Jesus. Suddenly, John is taken up to heaven, and he stands in the throne room of God. And we'll not read all the particulars, but there's this great throne and somebody sitting on it. And we read that in the right hand of the person sitting on the throne, there's a seven-sealed scroll. That's a title deed. That's what that is. That represents the ownership of all of God's creation. It's sealed because Adam and Eve sold us out. Adam and Eve refused to be custodians representing the administration of God among the physical creation. They chose instead to serve themselves. And they gave that position, that honor, that enormous responsibility over to one called the devil, the serpent. So he owns it. He is the prince of power of the air. And he was not joking when he, told, when he said to Jesus in the wilderness, hey, see all these kingdoms of the earth? They're mine. You bow down and worship me, I'll give them to you. He wasn't kidding, and Jesus didn't accuse him of lying or deceiving. They're his. Adam gave that enormously significant role over to Satan. And he sold all of us into the bondage of sin by his decision to rebel against God. So that's what that title deed, that's what that seven-sealed book or scroll represents. represents the ownership of the earth and sealed by seven seals, which means that you, that you can't look at it. You can only see bits and pieces of it. It's written inside and outside. 
In order to read the whole thing, you got to open it. In order to open it, you have to own it. You have to have the authority to do that. And that's the picture. So all the created intelligent beings go on a search. Where can we find somebody who's worthy to open the book? And here we meet Jesus. Verse 5. Then one of the, this is chapter 5, verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, stop crying, John. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has been victorious so that he may open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw one like a slaughtered lamb standing between the throne and the four living creatures. And circle this, among the elders. The elders there is a picture of the church. The church having been raptured, completed in heaven. We rule and reign with Jesus. That's what these guys are doing. That's who they are. That's where you will be someday. Ruling and reigning with the Lord Jesus. And the Lamb appears among the elders, among the representatives, among the redeemed community of the believers. The Lamb slain. That means the Lamb shows the marks of the battle. That means that the lamb bears scars of having been sacrificed. And the lamb has memories of dying. And the lamb is now risen, and it's a perfect picture for this passage. The lamb of God. That's the second picture we have of Jesus. And you'll notice in chapter 6, verse 1, the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, chapter 6, verse 1. You'll notice verse 3, he opened the second one, verse 5 of chapter 6, go on and on. In other words, the Lamb isn't just um, putting in a, a ceremonial appearance. The Lamb is there to go to work. And the Lamb is authorized and qualified. He won the victory. He faced the world, the flesh, the devil, and became victorious over everyone and conquering everyone in that. And before he's done, before he's done, he will have vanquished sin, Satan, and death. Will be no longer before he's done. What qualified him for that? Calvary. What qualified him for that? Bethlehem. What qualified him for that? He became one of us so that he could be our substitute and die in our place. He didn't become an angel, so there's no salvation for angels. But there is for you and me. And he's pictured as the lamb. I went through again uh, recently and noted every place in the book of the Revelation where the lamb is used, where Jesus is identified as the lamb. Would you believe 26 Times, 26 times, Jesus is represented, pictured as the Lamb, the Lamb, the Lamb. 26 times in the book of the Revelation. Let me give you a little assignment. Go home sometime in the next couple of days. Trace your way through the book of the Revelation and find all the 26 times 
the Lamb is mentioned. And you'll find some amazing things. You'll find out that the church is pictured as the wife of the Lamb. She's the Lamb's wife. Never thought about that, did you? You'll find that the book of life, which is the cornerstone of the final judgment of all fallen men, is called the Lamb's book of life. Go ahead, do that study. You'll find that Jesus is, is, Jesus is more present in the book of the Revelation than chocolate chips are in a well-seasoned chocolate chip cookie. He is on every page because the book's all about him. He sets judgment in motion by plucking the seven seals. He sets judgment in motion by commissioning the seven angels to blow the trumpets. He authorizes the seven angels who pour out the seven bowls of wrath. And when he returns to earth, leading the armies of heaven, he returns in a garment soaked in blood, not his, but the blood of his enemies. And on his thigh is the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's coming back. He's coming back. So I challenge you, I challenge you tonight to to find Jesus in the book of Revelation. Let me give you one more illustration. You'll pick up on this in a heartbeat. Look at chapter 12, please. Chapter 12. Listen to this. Chapter 12, verse 1. See if you see Jesus in these verses. Chapter 12, verse 1. John says, I saw a great sign or a great pageant appearing in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head, she was pregnant and cried out in labor and agony to give birth. Another sign appeared in heaven. There was a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems. His tail swept away a third of the stars in heaven. Don't read over that quickly. His tail drew, his tail swept away a third of the stars, probably angels, in heaven and hurled them to the earth. Satan's taking one third of the hosts of angels God created on the day of angelic creation. Satan has deceived one third of them. You're no match for Satan. I'm no match for Satan. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to know the word and we need to polish our armor and use it religiously. Now watch, Satan positions himself. We read here, the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that when she did give birth, he might devour her child. But she gave birth to a son, a male who is going to shepherd all nations with an iron scepter, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Who's the child? Who's the son? Jesus. Absolutely. Jesus. There he is, a picture of Jesus in his prenatal condition. <laughs> a reminder of Mary as the one 
God promised would come a clear, clear echo back to the Garden of Eden where God said to the serpent, the seed of the woman will crush your head. Remember that? Well, there it is. There's Jesus. And you're going to find him on every page in every paragraph. Read looking for Jesus and then celebrate what Jesus is pictured doing in the book because that's what he's going to do tomorrow. 2,000 years ago, when this book was first dictated to John, about 95 AD, about 1900 years ago, when this book was dictated, Jesus said, the time is here. I'm coming back very soon. Well, folks, that was 1900 years ago. He's a lot closer to coming tonight than he was yesterday and the day before and the day before. See your hero. Meet him in the book of the Revelation. Do that and you will be blessed beyond words. Next week, I have something else I want to share with you that I hope will help you be liberated to gobble down, just, just get in the book of the Revelation like a hot spa and float and read and think and laugh and enjoy and praise God for all that you find there. That's what John did. <laughs> You'll be surprised how many times John's looking. He says, amen. He says, praise the Lord. He says, hallelujah. And what John discovered, you'll discover. The book of the Revelation depicts events that the angels of heaven worship and sing about. So let's not miss the good stuff. Heavenly Father, thank you for this book. It is in many ways the culmination, the capstone of all the, the 65 books that preceded written, frankly, so simply that a child can understand them. No one in this room, no one in this room cannot understand this book. And so much of our hope rests in this book. So much of our assurance rests in this book. Here we get to see the angels that we're always talking about. Here we get to see them working, get to see them acting. Here we get to see the demons that we read about. We see them exposed and condemned and destroyed. Here we get to see King Jesus, not sitting on the right hand of the Father's throne, but up, active, involved in destroying the enemies of his creation and rescuing his people from eternal doom. Here we get to see him finish all of this present earth history, destroy it in fire, and build a new heaven and a new earth. Wow. And we got passports to enjoy that place. Thank you. My brother and sister, I, I hope that everything I've said tonight is old hat to you. I, I hope I have not said one thing that's new to you. But I hope you leave here covenanting in your heart, 
I'm going to get to know Jesus. What he's doing now and what he's going to do in the great tomorrow. That's going to fill my heart with confidence. It's going to fill my walk with peace. It's going to set my affection on things above, not things on the earth. It's going to feed my assurance that since he is my savior, it's going to be okay. Others will notice the spring in your step, sparkle in your eye, the twist in your smile, the gentleness in your voice as you fall in love with Jesus. Not abstractly, but concretely. And as you learn about him, who he is, and what he's about to do to make all the wrongs go away and to make everything else perfect and right. And tonight, if you do not know him as your personal Lord and Savior, you're missing, you're missing, you're missing. Frankly, the most important things your Creator wants you to enjoy forever. Please, meet Jesus. Trust Him. As the Lamb of God, He's already paid for your sins. Invite Him, the risen Jesus Christ, Son of God. Invite Him be your Lord and Savior. The pages of the book of Revelation will give you a lot of reasons to trust him. And that decision of trusting him is eternally significant. So Father, thank you for these who came out on a stormy night. I thank you for their attention, their, their patience. I pray that as, as, we, as we share together that in these few weeks you would renew our zeal for what you've already said and sharpen our sense of anticipation in your coming. Bless each here tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus as Lord of the Church, that's the first picture we see in the book of Revelation. Christ as the Lamb who was slain and who is worthy. That's picture number two. And the third scene Jim showed us today was something we could call the pageant in heaven. And the Lord is there too. The sermon we heard on the broadcasts Tuesday and today is called Revelation. It's all about Jesus. We'll send you the whole message in CD form for a gift of $7 or more. It's part of our short course entitled With John on the Isle of Patmos. You can have all nine of those sermons on CD for your gift of $34 or more. Whether you can give a lot or a little, it's appreciated, and it really does help. For 55 years now, Right Start has been powered by folks who see the vision and want to do what they can. Please pray about how you can help. Thanks. You can write to us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA, or call one 800 984 2313. That's 800-984-2313. And visit the website, rightstartradio.org. You can donate securely there. 
You can play current and past radio programs from the site or play or download the original sermons unedited for broadcast. You can subscribe to the daily podcast on iTunes from our link, email us, and more with no fear of getting more spam or junk mail ever. Rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. We hope Jim has already taken out some of the intimidation and confusion from tackling the book of Revelation. He'll give us more tips like that in the sermon coming up. Please join us again on Thursday for the next Right Start. Right Start.